Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. All right, it is time now this Friday to dial in and talk to JP Ong on Market View to find out what's happening in the world of finance as we head into the weekend as well. JP, welcome back to the workday afternoon. What are you looking Happy at? Happy to be here. So, uh, again, as always, at this time, we always look at how the markets are shaping up in the afternoon session. And fortunately for the Straits Times Index and Singaporean stocks in general, we're seeing declines. The local benchmark, at least the blue chips today, seeing a significant, uh, taking a significant step back. The Straits Times Index finds itself in the red, down by 20 points in today's session. 2,645 is where the local benchmark is sitting at the moment. 637 million Singapore dollars in total trades changing hands. So value turnover, similar to what we've seen for, through most of the last couple of days, and also relatively more tame or tepid when you compare it to some of the uh, surge in activity that we saw earlier in the month of June. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently, the table of the tape shows that there are 168 stocks, REITs, and trusts in the green, but there are 191 that are pulling back. Mostly the blue chips deciding to just ease off. This could just be good old-fashioned profit-taking on the part of, um, of, mar- of markets here. And uh, we are seeing, though, that it's not keeping in line with some of these slight gains across other major Asian equity markets. Um, the Nikkei 225 in Japan is up by about 106 points, about a half a percent in the green. Uh, ASX 200 Australia, just a slightly higher, trading about four points higher today. The Kospi in Seoul actually down by about seven and a half points, but that's just a 0.4% slip. So also a half step back for Korean stocks today. Taipei, uh, in Taipei, the Taiwan-weighted stock exchange trading 18 points higher. Again, these are slight meager gains on their part. Shanghai's up by half a percent. Shenzhen's up by one full percent. And the Hang Seng today trading about 14 points lower. So you're seeing that losses are relatively muted and gains also just a bit capped at the moment. There are some reasons as to why markets seem uh, just a little bit more optimistic. On one hand, there is hope that uh, U.S.-China trade tensions, which were starting to resurface again, actually just overall geopolitical tensions between mm-hmm. the world's two largest economies, might be, coming, might be taming down. We know that Secretary of State Mike Pompeo met with China's top diplomatic official in Hawaii over the last couple of days. And according to uh, Secretary of State Pompeo, he said that while they didn't make much progress on the issues with Huawei, they did make progress on trade. And, and he has affirmed that both China and the U.S. are committed, at least, to ma- maintaining phase one of the trade deal. Now, this was almost threatened by a tweet from U.S. President Donald Trump, who said that a total decoupling from China is still very possible should things not go his way. Um, but this hasn't really dented sentiment in the markets. The other thing that might be supporting um, upside, at least, or the upside we're seeing in some of these markets, are encouraging and impressive retail sales figures from both Japan and, and uh, Australia. Today, Japan actually revealed that uh, retail sales actually rose by, let me just pull that up for you folks, uh, in, in, here we go, up by, uh, it actually uh, rose, for the, for, uh, rose significantly in the last month. And Australia today also reported a sudden surge in retail sales in May, 16% up. So you're seeing very healthy signs that, the, that the retail sales and consumer sentiment is, is uh, starting to ease in some major economies in the region, perhaps also hinting at a gradual 
or a more robust recovery. This could just also be people coming out of um, lockdowns and social and strict social distancing regu- regimens, and they're just letting their frustrations out on retail <laughs> through some, some retail therapy, therapy right? right? Yeah. There you go. Exactly. But nevertheless, it's 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 heartening to see consumers, at least in some major economies, starting to head back to the head back and actually uh, showing that they are still the appetite at least to consume is there and that this is going to be overall good for their economies, especially since they're trying to mount some form of economic recovery. This could underpin that and will help more than hurt. The -hmm. other thing also to to note is that there was a recent interview again with uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci in the U.S. Remember him? He was at the National National Institute of Health. So no more lockdowns, right? That's what he said. What he said was, uh, what, what he pretty much said was, yes, there is, uh, there is always the risk that you might see more cases rising. But he does say that at this moment, he doesn't see any reason why they need to come, go into a secondary round of lockdown. So he is trying to temper expectations by saying, hey, you know what, there could be more cases coming up. But at this point, we, uh, the, the health systems might at least be ready at least now to try and maintain things without needing, uh, necessi- necessitating a total lockdown across the U.S., and that's going to be big news if that does come to fruition. Mm-hmm. And it's just a words of encouragement from Dr. Anthony Fauci um, on this particular front. So all of this lending some upside for markets, but today in Singapore, as you mentioned, we are down by just about uh, 24 points, and also coming ironically, as since it is day one of the phase of phase two in easing the circuit breaker measures here, which is expected to also release some form of a return to economic normalcy here in Singapore. Despite that, traders on the SGX are choosing this day maybe to lock in some profits, maybe to pair back on their positions. Uh, but today, the Straits Times Index, one of the few exceptions uh, and that are in the red, especially when you compare it to some of these markets that are seeing slight gains here in Asia. All right. Well, uh, speaking of retail therapy, I don't know about you, but for me, after these uh, two months of circuit break, I've gotten so used to just doing everything online, even groceries being delivered. You don't have to carry it. It becomes a new uh, uh, convenience. It's a new normal. It is a new normal. Anyway, uh, you're uh, also tracking this uh, development between uh, Singapore's Comfort Delgro bidding for France Metro projects. What is this all about? Okay, and you know what's interesting too, Tim. Before I get into the story, is we we are seeing a lot of these blue chips actually pairing back. The banks are in the red. Singapore Airlines back in the red, down by one and a half percent. But take a look at Comfort Delgro. They're one of the few exceptions actually that are trading higher on the Straits Times Index. Their share price is up by about one point two percent. So this is a decent gain at least for Comfort Delgro, and they're defying this slight uh, this this inclination to step back on the part of some of the blue chips. So. Comfort Delgro, we've reported a lot about some of the initiatives they've made with regards to trying to drum up business for their affected cabbies over the last two months, from food delivery to even installing some of these uh, uh, to uh, other delivery services and also to installing um, some sort of protective barrier for their, for their cabs. Well, Comfort Delgro isn't just uh, focusing on improving the, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the day-to-day well-being of their cabbies and trying to help them uh, recoup some of this lost revenue that they saw. They're also this, uh, taking, a, uh, taking a close and serious look at a project out in France. How about this? Comfort Delgro yeah. has now entered into a collaboration agreement, and they're joining forces with RATP, which is the rapid uh, train system in France, and Alstom, to jointly bid for the Grand Paris Express. These are Greenfield Metro projects to put up um, stations around the Ile-de-France region, which is the, greater pa- which is the stations around the greater Paris uh, area, the banlieues or the suburbs in that particular space. 
and and this is coming as the as the transport group is setting its sights to expand the rail capabilities beyond Singapore. So Comfort Delgro, while this whole pandemic uh, has ha- has been happening, it seems they haven't taken the, their eyes off of this other ball that they're trying to track, which is how do we expand our rail capacity and our our rail projects and our presence in rail projects outside of Singapore. Well, France is one of the places they're looking to go to. They are joining forces with Alstom, which which is a major supplier of uh, train compo- of uh, train of uh, train carriages and train components for many metros, including here in Singapore and also RATP Dev. Um, together, they're going to submit a bid for the upcoming Line 16 and mm-hmm. 17 of this Greater Paris Express project, which will cover about 200 kilometers of that automated metro and will be part of new rapid transit lines that they're building around the Ile-de-France region in France. This rank is one of the largest in Europe. And I don't know, I mean, I, if you've been to Paris, uh, <laughs> and you've also seen that a lot of the, uh, the stations in the metro, they're not exactly up-to-date. They're, they're very quaint. Some they're say, charming. Charming. But at the same time, they do <laughs> need a bit of an upgrade. Some of the modernists might say, well, this is a perfect uh, opportunity for the folks in France to at least upgrade. And, and perhaps introduce more uh, uh, more sta- more uh, modern features, at least, for their, for their metro stations. And the Comfort Delgro says, hey, I want in on this, and I'm going to join force and then tag team with Alstom and RATP to go in. So it's a very exciting bit, at least, for Comfort Delgro that could open new avenues. And just goes to show that in spite of all these massive challenges that transport groups like Comfort Delgro face because of the COVID-19 pandemic, they still have their eyes on a lot of these other projects and they haven't uh, they haven't uh, stopped or eased off on this, and it seems that they're full, they're going full throttle to try and increase their footprint at least out in France. That sounds good. Uh, now back here in Singapore, Alibaba Pictures Group is uh, planning to delist uh, and mm. trade only in Hong Kong. Yes, and uh, this was a decision for them to take away to to a delist from the Singapore Exchange mm-hmm. and just choose to have their shares exclusively traded on the Hong Kong Exchange. Uh, the SGX has given their approval for this, uh, to, to this. They're not objecting as long as the company meets requirements, such as notifying investors here at least three months before the delisting actually happens. But they have signed, signed out a warning that, hey, we're probably not going to be trading out in Singapore anymore. Um, what are the reasons for doing this? They actually cited that there's significantly lower trading volume of their shares in Singapore when you compare it to their primary listing in Hong Kong. So they haven't seen as much action and as much interest in their particular stock here in, Hong, in, in Singapore. As we know, oh, very important for stocks, especially for equities, is to see that there's significant liquidity supporting the trade of their, of their shares, or else you're going to see their stock price stuck at certain levels, and even the, uh, which might make it more difficult for them to increase their, their, their share price later on. If there's low volume or trading volume or trading activity, it, makes, it doesn't support the case of a further listing on particular stocks. We've seen other companies here in Singapore also choose to privatize because of this lower trading activity that they say they see on the SGX also. And they also say, said, said that because they're listed in Singapore and Hong Kong, well, there are costs associated also to keeping your stock listed on a particular index. And thus, they will be able to save on, on these particular costs. Mm-hmm. And uh, that trading in Hong Kong will also allow them to also um, focus their uh, f- focus their um, uh, you know, focus their efforts uh, more more and, and make sure it's more geographically aligned with the business operations of the media company across mainland China and Greater China. But uh, just uh, Alibaba Pictures seems to be the latest 
in a growing number of stocks here in Singapore that are choosing to uh, be list, and uh, and all we can hope for is, uh, is is just to wish them the best of luck, I guess. All right. Uh, now that we're into the phase two of uh, reopening of Singapore's economy, uh, is there anything, uh, any sort of uh, uh, prediction from businesses as to how challenging things will get, or will it be any better now that we are uh, opening up again? Well, you know, I think time will tell whether or not we start to see a return of consumer spending and a return of economic activity that was much uh, that was sorely missed over the last two and a half months. We're, talk- we're not just talking about the restaurants, but certain offices also, and the relaxing of certain social e- distancing measures. Um, here's one, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, the folks at CGSCIMB uh, did reflect also on what the outlook's going to be for Singaporean office leasing in the Phase 2 section. So CGSCIMB, in a recent research note, note said that don't expect things to go back rapidly for for office leasing. And in fact, the momentum for office leases and the demand for that might be a little bit more slow and a little bit more tepid mm-hmm. because of a lot of the uncertainties as we enter the phase, phase two of the circuit breaker easing. In fact, their analysts forecast that overall office rents are probably going to decline between 5 to 10% this year as compared to a forecast of a 0 to 5% drop um, previously, so they're actually expecting things to slow down even further, and overall rent, office rent to decline. So that might be good if you're a business that's looking to expand and maybe try to lock in a better rate for your office rent. But uh, overall, this could also feed into some of the REITs that are listed on the SGX, especially those with with exposures to the commercial and office leasing side. Um, and they've also highlighted that office tenants who are currently in leases might be cautious about making any expansion plans because they're trying to assess the impact of COVID-19 on their business. If the Singapore economy is expected to shrink, then there might not be as much need to expand to to expand your business. Might, it might be smarter, at least for some of these offices, to try and maintain current costs or even trim some of the costs, which will then feed into their actual appetite or lack thereof for some of these offices. It's going to be a slow and sluggish road ahead, at least, according to CGSA and before the offices. That's a good point, because after my lease ended, which was very timely, uh, JP, for my <laughs> other company, uh, uh, we were at Funan. The lease ended just before March. So uh-huh. and then after that, we have the circuit breaker. So now we've just decided for the rest of the year, we're all going to work from home because we can do it now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the long term impact will that be. Uh, but that's how it is. Uh, one yeah. last thing, since we were talking about Aunt Jemima, Uncle Benz and Mr. Quaker mm-hmm. yesterday. Now, uh, uh, Colgate Palmolive is also uh, making some moves with a toothpaste brand in Asia. Yes, they are actually, and uh, you know it's uh, it's interesting because I believe that this 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 toothpaste brand was actually called uh, called out previously because it featured uh, I remember a character this, yes. with black, with dark features. In fact, darling, when I was living in China, I did see the toothpaste going around. Um, quite it was it was quite prominent actually, and they have revised the character, but apparently they are uh, running into some issues uh, with regards to the name. In a China, uh, when you uh, the brand name when you translate it, uh, 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 when uh, the Chinese name mm-hmm. at least for their particular brand, if it's translated actually, the brand actually still translates to get this quote unquote black person toothpaste. So uh, I think this is also being called the question at the moment. And said, and Colgate Palmolive has announced that they are working to review mm-hmm. and evolve its Chinese toothpaste brand, and they might have to come in for a complete name change because although. The uh, the face uh, the the face or the character itself who's on the on the Darley uh, part is no longer someone in blackface at the moment. 
the name, though, so has a pretty heavy connotation that could be interpreted as being racially insensitive. Just to show you how far they've come, though, the previous name of that character, Tim, mm-hmm. was Darky. It was a, it was a man in blackface. Um, they still got a ways to go, it seems. But again, this is the latest brand that's had to do with a soul-searching about, wait, is is this reflective of the, of the, of the current times? And is this actually apt, given that that uh, that uh, that uh, you know there are some racial insensitivities that might be associated to it? And the good thing is, people are becoming more aware now because somebody just brought up uh, to me a particular brand here in Singapore, which uh, I think it translated as Black Ghost, but the picture, uh, the logo that they use is not uh, appropriate either. So, people are getting the message. So that's a good thing that conversation but, but I, is starting. True, I, I, but I will say to you, Tim, I think that you are seeing a little bit of pushback because of people who are who might have sentimental attachments to mm. these brands. I mean, we talked about um, Aunt Jemima itself, uh, you know, being, uh, you know, having a 130-year history. We both associate, <laughs> and uh, we're patronizing that brand for a while also. So it will be a little bit odd to see um, her not there anymore. But again, it's a question of, well, in, in these times, does it make sense to maintain a racially insensitive um, uh, uh, character uh, in, just to satiate some of our nostalgia, for instance, right? Well, companies, but these are conversations we'll have to ask. Yeah. We'll have to have. Com- companies will have to balance between brand recognition and moving on with the times. Thank yes. you very much, JP. Have a good weekend, and I'm sure we'll hear from you, you again too. later on primetime. JP on joining us there on Market View. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.